Um, I think as we were just sitting and listening to Siobhan and Aidan and even during worship, um, I just had this, whew, this sensitivity in my heart towards something that I, I believe God is saying, and I didn't. It, God was leading me back to a, a certain pass, uh, phrase, and I couldn't find where it was in Scripture. And I was like, God, bring it, bring it, bring it. I need this. And um, I found it in Ephesians, and it's not. This is not what I'm supposed to preach on. And I don't know if this is maybe a complete detour or not. Um, but I think it ties in completely with just the heart of this morning. Um, and so if you want to grab your Bible quickly um, and just turn to Ephesians 5 with me and let the Spirit lead us this morning and guide us. The Spirit is alive. The Spirit is here. The Spirit is active. The Spirit is working in your hearts and He wants to speak to you. And sometimes we hear a story and there's... There's two things that can happen. Either we can distance ourselves from it, or we can be drawn into the Spirit of God. And so this morning as Aiden was praying, or the testimony was being shared, there was two responses in this place. People being excited, and that's the Spirit speaking, or people stepping back and saying, well, sheesh, maybe jealousy maybe despondency, maybe heartbreak. And uh, I feel like this verse is for us all, but maybe specifically for those people that, that are hurting, that are broken, that feel down and out, that feel cast aside, that feel in the gutters, that have maybe lost something that are living from day to day, maybe hour to hour, maybe in the morning you're okay, but by midday you're really feeling so lost. You're sitting here, but your mind is thinking about tomorrow, about what happened this week, and the Spirit is not speaking to you. And, and God can be doing an incredible thing in our midst, but we can be completely missing Him. So in, in verse 14, this is the ver just the, the phrase that came up in my heart as I was sitting there. Uh, in verse 14, like in part B, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. Awake, O sleeper, awake, rise up, and let Christ shine in you. And I believe that there are people here this morning, and you've walked with Jesus, but there is just a deadness in your walk. There's no life. There's nothing, there's not this well spring of testimony that you can say, wow, I can see God doing this in my life, this, 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 this. And I'm maybe, I'm almost jealous of that. I hear that in someone else's life, and I desire that. He continues on in Ephesians, says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. What decisions do you need to change in your mind right now that says, Hey, stop thinking this way. I want you to be wise. Accept me. Making the best use of your time because the days are evil. 
You're here this morning. God has a word for you. His spirit is here. He is speaking, and we could be missing him. Make the best use of your time. You are here. God is speaking. What we will be reading today is not my opinion. It is God's word here that can penetrate our hearts and it can change our lives forever. It's exactly what we need. This is the answer. A testimony is powerful, but God's word is everlasting. This is what we need. Make the best use of your time this morning. Make the best use of your time today, this week. Your life is short. Eternity is forever. Make the best use of your time today. Therefore, do not be foolish. Verse 16 to 17, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If you don't know what the will of the Lord is, you're walking into foolishness. You're setting yourself up to be foolish, which means you follow the path to where it starts. And it says, hey, you need to arise, O sleeper, because you're being foolish. So if this morning you're sitting here and you feel like your spiritual walk is not that that is active, that is alive, that has testimony, that you can look at this week and say, God, this is what you've done in my life. Not just uh, feel good feelings, but this is what you've said, and this is how I've obeyed, and this has been the result of it. If you can't sit here this morning and there's no testimony of your faith, of God's Spirit at work, His Word at work in your life, then there needs to be an awakening this morning. Young and old, female, male, Whatever your background is, whatever social class, employed, unemployed, business owner, whatever it is, God's Spirit is the same and is speaking to all. And we need to obey His Spirit this morning. And so, Lord Jesus, may we obey you this morning, Lord Jesus. May, may we listen to you. Yes, Lord Jesus, may we be sensitive to you. Father God, may your works, words speak Remove any part of me. May what I say be simple, Lord Jesus. And, and Father God, may it be showered with your spirit. May the blood of Jesus cover us today as we read your word. Thank you, Father God. Whew. Amen. Amen. Okay, so... We've been working through Colossians, and um, you guys can page through to Colossians 3. Uh, last week, we looked at Colossians 3, verse 15. Don't worry about Quinton. He's just bringing up a, a prop that will help me uh, this morning to illustrate what I believe we need to grasp. Um, and so, uh, if you are in Colossians, please turn to page, um, uh, not page, verse uh, 16 of uh, chapter 3. Chapter 3. Thank you, Quentin. Um, page chapter 3, verse 16. Last week we looked at uh, verse 15, and uh, we've just been journeying through Colossians. Um, it's been a great journey, and I believe that when we put Scripture as the focus, well, I mean, how can we go wrong with that? I think sometimes we want to preach about a specific topic, and it's like, God, give us the grace so that we don't miss your Scripture. But when we put Scripture at the forefront, hey, we're not going to miss it. 
And so this morning we're reading just one verse, um, chapter uh, 3, verse 16, but I'll start from uh, verse 10, give us a bit of context, and then we'll dive right into it. Um, but before I do that, just giving you guys a quick summary of what we've been doing, where this fits in, and uh, I'm going to be very quick, I uh, might not even mention all of it, um, but just if we look at an overview of Colossians, um, we see Colossians 1 and 2 speaks about uh, the supremacy of Christ, okay, so it talks about that, and then verse 3 and 4 talks about submission to Him, okay, chapter 3 and 4, okay, uh, what did I say? Okay, verse, um, chapters 3 and 4. And then the next one talks about, uh, the next, the first two chapters talks about things that uh, the Colossians missed in terms of doctrine um, and uh, how, how Paul had to correct them. He said, hey, you guys, you were starting to believe about these things. We need to correct that. And then he carries on. We've been reading Colossians 3. He's like, okay, guys, now that your doctrine is sound, you understand what the gospel is. Now, this is how you apply it, and this is how you live it out. Okay, so we're on the second part of this Colossians journey, chapters 3. Practical, hey, let's get stuck into it. Our foundations are strong, so let's live it out. Okay, um, and then the first part talks about what Christ did for us, um, how His gospel applies to our lives, and then how we take that gospel and we live it out. That's the second part. So just to put chapter 3 that we're going to read from in context, um, the first two talks about Jesus as our Lord. Uh, Colossians 3 talks about Christ as our life. And Christ our love is in chapters 4. Um, Colossians 1 and 2 talks about Christ is the head of the body. Christ is the Lord of the universe. So basically just looking at the first section as the foundation Okay, things that the Colossian church had wrong, making sure that they don't follow teachings that aren't biblical. And as soon as he's dealt with those, he works, moves on and he's like, okay, now that you guys have an understanding, this needs to affect the way you live and it needs to be applied to every single part of your life. Okay, chapter 3, verse 1 says, okay, now that you know these things, put on then. If then you have been raised to, with Christ, Seek things that are above. So he's like, okay, once, once you've applied this, now we move on. So let's go to uh, verse 10 in uh, chapter 3, and uh, then we can read from there. Okay, so it says then, And have put on the new self, which, has been, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the, the create, image of its creator, here there is not a Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, bar bar barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And we've been preaching through this, and if you're missing this, I'm not going to unpack it, because there's sermons online that can help you understand these verses maybe a bit better. Um, it says, they put on then as God's chosen holy ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience bearing with one another. And if one of you has a complaint against one another, uh, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
so that which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And then this is what we'll look at this morning. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let me just read that verse 16 again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts and to God. And so this morning we are going to quickly touch on that and I've just titled this message, The Indwelling Word. The Word of God that dwells inside of us. And we're going to unpack that. And the Word of God is Christ Himself. Okay, It says in verse 11, Christ is all and He is in all. So if you want Christ to dwell in you, you let, let the Word dwell in you. Okay, And so we're going to look at what that looks like. Okay, So this text, chap, verse uh, 16, was all we'll do this morning teaches us two things. It, treats, it teaches us how to treat the scriptures, okay? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And secondly, it tells us how to profit from them or by them. In all wisdom, with teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and giving thanks uh, in your hearts to God. So firstly, uh, let's look at how we need to treat scripture Okay, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Firstly, in order that it may dwell in you, it must first enter into you. Okay, basic, simple stuff. Uh, if you need to, to get into you, you need to read it and you need to hear it. Okay, basic stuff. Uh, many of us hear a lot, goes in one ear, out the other. Um, yeah testify to that um, not just uh, uh, when reading the Bible maybe listening to people my wife sometimes I apologize <laughs> and sometimes we we read what's only on the surface and we hear what's only on the surface and uh, we never it, it kind of like we read scripture like we just did and we read the surface level, but it never penetrates our hearts. So if the first thing is that we need, that it must enter into us. Scripture, we get, anyone can read scripture. It needs to get to a place where it actually enters our hearts. Now many of us will have a, maybe a Bible app for a daily reading program. And there's, you're reading a portion of scripture every day. Well, that's, that's awesome. A lot of people have reading the, the Bible in one year, and day after day, week after week, year after year, there's a passage of Scripture that we are reading. And that's great, but if it doesn't pierce our hearts, uh, it's, I mean, it's empty. It's actually worthless, and it can become religious. And so, uh, I think I I remember sitting in at school a lot, and uh, I teach, teachers may be getting up and I know I had amazing I had amazing geography teacher because when I would walk out of a class I wouldn't have to go and study <laughs> because I would retain the information because what did she do she took a concept 
and she made me understand it in a, it's in a, in a holistic view. And it, it, she made it practical, and I could apply it. I could walk out and look at the clouds and be like, that's what that is. Go into the soil, oh, that's what that is. Versus my Bible business study teacher that just wrote everything down, and I copied it onto a book. And I could say it maybe for a couple of days, but two weeks, month later, years later, it's gone. Because it was just saying it, repeating it, blah, 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 blah. It didn't penetrate my, my mind. It didn't affect the way I lived. I didn't apply it. And so, yeah, it could be the method. It's also the student, you know. A student can take that, someone that's hungry for that knowledge, and they apply it. And so this morning, we are all students of God's Word. And so we need to get to a place where there's revelation. Revelation. The Greek word for revelation means to uncover something that was once hidden. So to unveil someone. A bride's face is revealed. There is revelation. Unveiling. Okay? When, when you don't know something, you don't understand it, okay? And, and all of a sudden, someone comes and explains to you, this is how it works. Boom, revelation. Many of us want revelation on how this country's economics work. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. That's something we can trust for. If you have revelation in that, come. Share it. Be generous. Um, the Bible says that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So if there's something that's concealed, a truth, that has been hidden for some whatever reason and it is revealed, that truth should set you free. Okay, I didn't understand the clouds. I, I, I understand the truth of how they work, what they are named. Boom, there's freedom to now actually go and share that. And it's like, wow, it's actually, you know, that, that incredible joy that comes from that. Uh, there's, there's lots of debates, you know, evolution, uh, how, what, is, what is the truth? Well, the truth is here, and it'll set you free. Students, uh, so many students that go from here into the first world after their first year at varsity come back here, and so often the conversation is about evolution and creationism, or these like very secular debates. I'm like, well, what does the Bible say? Well, no, this is what my friends say. No, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about your purpose? Struggle. Well, God, what am I supposed to do? Well, it says that right here. And if you apply that revelation to your life, you let it come into your life and let it dwell in you, it's going to bring you freedom. Business decisions. Family decisions. In this economy, in this situation right now, People, we need freedom, and we need the truth of God. We need to do this. Okay, Paul here is saying that we, we need to let the Word of God dwell in us. And so I've got, I think I might have left my, I just need some sticky stuff. I don't know where I put it. There we go. Okay, so um, we're going to look at uh, just our lives as a house this morning. Very practical. Hopefully this helps you. Um, so we need to put the Word of Christ in our lives. And it's incredible that God led me to 
um, that passage in Ephesians because Ephesians and Colossians are very, very similar. And uh, in that chapter, Paul says to, to the Colossian church, hey, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to all sorts of silly things, ungodly ways of, of living and thinking. Rather, be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so we need to be f- fill our lives with the Word of Christ and the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. I'm just putting it there so that it's, you know, I can you know, put it out there. Um, so if our lives it needs to become a dwelling place, we need to fill it with the Spirit of God and we need to fill it with the Word of God. Those things work hand in hand together. Okay, we need the Spirit totally and we need the Word totally. And they work together in unison completely. So you say, oh, a church is too spiritual. Uh, well, n- m- maybe, but also we need, or this church is too word-based. Well, we need both. We need everything. King City Church needs to strive to be a church that is fully spiritually led and fully word-based. That's what we need. We need those two to work together. And so that's what we need in our lives. Because if we just have the word, but not the spirit leading us, it'll just be, hey, I'm leading the word here. Or no, none of the word, but just the spirit. I feel like this is what the spirit is saying. Where does it say that in the Word? Can you back it up? And so we need to let the Word of Christ dwell in us. We can't just merely walk by, let let the kind of Word come and just, okay, cool, cheers, thanks for coming. Or it can peek through the window of our lives, but we don't allow it in. It needs to be inside of us, okay? God needs, words need to saturate our lives. I think many of us, Uh, have this book on a bookshelf um, and we store it there but it's way better to store it here in our lives we need the truth of God to store here many of us uh, in the old days I guess um, older days because I don't remember this but uh, uh, many people used to carry a small Bible in their pockets because it was accessible these days we have a phone the Bible app it's there you know, I can quickly access it. Oh, cool, I can go to a verse. Um, but not many of us can carry it here. And if we don't have internet access so that we can Google it, we are completely lost because we don't even know where to turn to. We need to make sure that it gets right into us. We need to make sure that this book we read differently than any other book. I've seen many people reading book after book, being totally consumed by the story, letting the novels get right into them. But when most of the people read the Bible, they appear to be anxious to get this unpleasant task finished and put it away. In some cases, they seem to think that they have performed a very proper action, but they have not been in the least affected by it moved by it or stirred by it yet if there is any book out there that can thrill our soul it is the bible there is no book so fitted or so suited to us as the bible is there is no book known uh, that knows us so well this book speaks to you because it knows you 
because inside lives the creator that created you and can tell you everything you need to know about yourself, God, and your purpose, everything here. It's for you. There is no book that is so much at home with us. There is no book like this. It has so much power over us in a good way. If only we would give ourselves towards that power. A good power. Not a domineering power. A loving power. A godly power. Goodness flows from this. But often we look at that power and we just say, Well, no, God, you can come just past the window of my life. I don't want you to really dwell inside of me, but... I mean, it's nice, but I don't want all of it. And we don't give ourselves to that power. So secondly, um, so the first thing is that we need to let it enter into our hearts. That's how we need to treat the scripture. Secondly, uh, once it gets into you, you need to let it remain in there. Let it remain. Okay? This morning, the word is being preached. This morning... People are hearing the word. This morning, we can allow it to enter our lives. But once, whenever, even as you're sitting there this morning, it can get out. And the devil wants more than anything for that to happen this morning. Not for it to sink in and take root. So we, we need to let it remain there. A person cannot be said to dwell in the house if they go in, maybe even to the most private part of our house, and then leave. They're not living there. They're visiting. We can allow our hearts open towards God this morning and say, come, come speak to me. There where it hurts the most, that, that secret thing. But it doesn't mean that when you've allowed that word to get in, that now it dwells in you. It needs to stay there. Someone who, who dwells is someone that abides there, resides there, remains there, and continues there. We need to have the word of Christ always dwelling inside of us, in our memory, never forgotten, in our hearts, always loving the word. We need to understand it. We need to really grasp the word with all its power. And we need to be submitted to its control. When, how do we know we have submitted to something or someone? Well, when we, we, have been, when we are being led by that thing. When we, we surrender all our control to that thing. If God says, no, say this, do this, this is what your word says, God. I will obey. Now you're in submission. Hey, that means there is, he's becoming to dwell inside. The third thing is that uh, we need to let the word of Christ dwell in us so that it will occupy our whole being. Our whole being. Oh, the whole, all of us. If it dwells within you, let it take an entire possession of your being, that it shall fill you. To push the truth of Christ up into a corner of your life, to fill the major part of your being 
with other knowledge and other thought is a poor way to treat the word of Christ. It deserves the fullest attention. It's like, yes, God, this is great. But actually, you know, the game last night was okay. I should select the better side next week, South Africa. You know, our minds can be wandering. We're not giving God our full attention. And uh, uh, I just want to read a, a quote quickly by a guy called uh, um, Spurgeon. He wrote something along the lines of how, how valuable God's word is and how we need to treat it. It says, the truth revealed by the Holy Spirit is so sublime that it poetry outsoars the eagle wing even of a Milton. It is a deep so profound that the plumb line of Sir Isaac Newton could never find the bottom of it. The greatest minds have delighted to yield their highest faculties to its wondrous truth. Dear young friends, you who have only lately put on Christ, I beseech you not to let other books stand on the front shelf and the Bible lie behind it. Do not, for the most part, read those other books, other shows, other things, other conversations, only and only read small portions of Scripture now and then. Let it always have the chief place. The most excellent of all sciences is the science of Christ crucified. And the Bible is a textbook from all who, for all who would learn it. If other forms of knowledge are useful, they are like planets. But the knowledge of God as revealed in Christ Jesus is as the sun. Let this always be at the center of your system of knowledge. And let all the rest that you know move in subordination and subjection to that first and best form of knowledge. If I may know myself, I know my Savior. If I may 